not common, not frequent, not often seen or known, unusual, or rare. That's the definition of the word uncommon. Man, I am so excited for this episode. Let's get it going. I am an uncommon church builder. I am leading second. Hey everyone, I'm Brandon Stewart. Welcome back to the Leading Second podcast. If you've been around for a few episodes now, you know what I'm about to say next, where we are on a mission to raise up uncommon church builders and be the kind of leaders that our pastors would absolutely kill to have on the team. I am so excited for what we're going to talk about today. We're going to be diving into one of the key words of the Leading Second DNA, and that is the word uncommon. And I I can't wait to unpack this a little bit today. If you're new, uh, welcome to our, man, I guess it's an experiment of trying to help church staff, young leaders, leaders everywhere in the kingdom who are not senior pastors, but serve on a team somewhere to help us all get it right as we are building the church together. So this is our weekly installment of the Leading Second podcast. I hope you'll subscribe, rate, comment, share, do all of the things you're supposed to do with the podcast. Help us get the word out. Uh, We just want to create as many avenues as possible to reach as many leaders as possible. And uh, we'd love to have you in our tribe. Uh, Before we dive into our actual interview today, which I'm particularly excited about, I want to do something we do every single episode, which is take a question from a podcast listener who is a member of the Leading Second Forum on Facebook. And by the way, if you're not a part of our community on Facebook, uh, search for the Leading Second Forum and uh, join our community. We'd love to have you. So let's check out this question that I recently took from a podcast listener from the forum. All right, everyone, I'm jumping on the phone here with my friend Tony Arauza from San Antonio, Texas. Uh, Tony, say what's up. Hey, guys. What's up? I thought it would be fun uh, for everyone today to actually hear from you. Tony is uh, actually part of the Leading Second team. She's one of our our key team members um, helping with various areas of social media and digital strategy and whatnot. Uh, But Tony's also part of a local church. So, Tony, why don't you tell everybody about uh, you know, where you're at and how you're involved in your church. Yeah. Um, I'm actually a part of Grace Avenue church here in San Antonio. And, um, I currently serve, uh, doing all kinds of different media graphics. Um, and I also lead our photography media team. And before Tony was on the leading second team, she was an awesome, faithful part of her church, great church. So, um, man, we love having you in our world. And you, we were talking the other day, you have a question. That's a big one. So uh, why don't you fire away with that? Yeah. So I was actually reading an article the other day um, because I'm a millennial and this uh, article referred to um, how millennials are oftentimes stereotyped as being entitled or narcissistic or unwilling to work hard. Um, But this article uh, actually published by Forbes had new studies um, and new statistics saying that quite the opposite, that millennials actually do work really hard. In fact, they're 
um, some of the highest statistics of being workaholics. Um, and so my question was, is because I actually sometimes struggle with that personally. I, you know, I work really hard and um, sometimes struggle with work-life balance because I love the work that I do. And um, I love doing work that really means something and the work that I do in my full-time job and the work that I do for my local church and now with Leading Second. And I just love it. Um, but I do, I struggle with work-life balance. So basically my question is, is how do you um, how do you balance that and how do you avoid burnout uh, when you're running hard for your local church and running hard for your pastors and running hard um, for, you know, your job? Like, how do you how do you avoid that burnout and still continue yeah. to work and, and run hard? Well, this is uh, no doubt one of the biggest questions I feel like we hear. And, um, you know, it's a it's a question that um, I think is actually more of a wrestle. It, you know, I, I don't know that we ever fully arrive at this one, but it's definitely something we have to wrestle with. I'm just going to offer you one thought um, because we only have a minute here, but this could take an hour. Um, but my recent thought on this subject is that we need to ditch balance and embrace rhythm. Mm, that's right. So ditch, ditch balance and embrace rhythm. In other words, uh, I think balance is a myth. Um, I don't feel balanced most of the time. I'm not sure that anyone that accomplishes something significant would say they feel balanced, but I do think you can get in rhythm. You know, I think you can have a rhythm to your parenting, a rhythm to your marriage, a rhythm to your work. And to me, rhythm is like the word pace Mm -hmm. and, and the right pace. You can, you can run an ultra marathon, you know, you can run two back to back marathons if you train and if you have the Right. right pace. So Maybe our temptation shouldn't be to try to find perfect balance, but maybe it should be to focus on rhythm. In other words, what you do daily and and focusing on the daily rhythm and, and seeing that that would be in alignment with accomplishing your major goals. So, you know, final thought is I just always ask leaders like in our coaching groups and stuff, I ask them, you know, what do you do daily? Because you'll never outrun who you are daily. You can set what other big goals for your life or career or whatever, but if it doesn't show up in what you do daily, I just highly doubt you'll right. get there. And so maybe our thought today is ditch, balance, embrace rhythm. That's so, so good. Really, really good. All right. Well, glad to have you in our world and thank you for all you do for Leading Second. It's thank awesome. you. I, I love doing it. If you have a question that you want to hear us ask and answer uh, on the podcast, uh, join the forum on Facebook and DM us or find the forum, uh, ask a question right in the newsfeed. Man, we would love to bring you on to an episode in the future or feature your question. I know there's a lot of people that probably have the same question. who would love to hear it. Okay, so for our interview today, I'm excited to introduce you to a friend of mine. Her name is Anna Morgan. And she is the director of ministries at City Church in Chicago. And as a good friend, we go back now a really long time. And I know you're going to enjoy her perspective as we look at the idea of leading uncommon as a young leader. So let's check out this interview. And so today I am particularly excited and honored to have joining with us for this episode of the Leading Second podcast, Anna Morgan who is the Executive Director of Ministries at City Church Chicago, a Hillsong family church in 
the Chicago area. Anna, say hello to everybody today. Hi. So glad you're joining us today. And Anna is also a student at Fuller Theological Seminary. She is, uh, she is pursuing her master's there in global leadership. And um, I, I brought someone on the episode today that is way smarter than me. How about that? And excited for this conversation today. Really, really glad you're joining us. Thanks for um, hopping on here to our, our new experiment that we're calling the Leading Second Podcast. And um, you yourself are a leader in the second chair. Why don't you have, tell everybody a little bit about what you do at City Church? Yeah, for sure. So I lead underneath our lead pastors, Kent and Allie Muncy, and um, they are awesome. And I get to lead an amazing team of leaders, all kinds of areas of ministry in the church. So everything from kids and small groups to um, discipleship, leadership development, um, all of our outreach and missions opportunities, pretty much you name it, curriculums, content, all of those good things, training young preachers, camps pastors, all of that. If it's um, ministry, in other words, you lead it. <laughs> right. Exactly. exactly. That's awesome. So basically, you're just the boss. I love it. I love it. Uh, and you and I have known each other for quite a while. I mean, we, we go back to your days uh, here in Seattle. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your story? Yeah, for sure. I think you were in Bible college maybe when we met, if yep. I remember. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I lived in Seattle for about a year. I um, got married to uh, my first husband when I was in college out there. And um, we got a call. Actually, we met Kent Muncie. He was in Bible college at the same time at Champion Center. Kent, uh, my pastor is Pastor Kevin, your pastor, Brandon's nephew. It's very confusing, yep. but it's a big family thing. And so he was out there doing Bible school. Him and Allie both are from Cham Champion Center's Bible college. So I was there for a little bit and then got married, moved out to Indiana and um, started as youth pastor first. And then, um, my husband passed away in a car accident and, um, it was just me and I kept going in worship ministries was at family Christian center for about 13, no longer than that, 13, 14 years in worship ministries there leading all kinds of teams. And the role kind of grew over the years into more of an executive role and then spent a couple years on the road with my husband now with John Morgan um, investing into churches, local churches all over kind of the Western world. And then I've been in this role. I helped plant city church where I am now 10 years ago, um, was part of that launch team and have held different kinds of leadership roles over the years through it. But I've been in this role for the past two years now, uh, living in downtown Chicago and working with an amazing team of leaders. It's really is living the dream. You can't get, doesn't get any better. Great, great group of people I'm with now doing what I'm doing. And um, John continues. He's on the road still. And so uh, he comes in usually midweek and then goes out on the weekends. And so it's good. We got one one left at home, Brooke. She's 18. And the other two girls are there in Seattle, Chloe and Sherea, doing awesome things there at Champion Center. So, yeah. Well, and John, of course, is one of my earliest mentors and um, highly respect him and also highly respect you and how you've navigated 
all the seasons of your life as, as a leader in in very much with eyes on you. And um, we'll tell that story in its entirety some other time because it's worth telling. But I, I would want everybody to know I'm, I'm, I respect you and I'm so glad um, that you are leading, you know, in the capacity that you're leading in a part of a really, really thriving church. And today in this conversation, what we wanted to do is we wanted to uh, dive into the idea of being an uncommon leader, an uncommon leader, even as a young leader, um, or there's that M word, millennial leader. This has actually always been the story of leading second is to inspire leaders to lead in an uncommon way, to lead in a way that's rare, to lead in a way that is unique, to hold values and character that is, is sadly uncommon today, and to, uh, to really help you be the kind of leader that your pastor can rely on again and again and again. And so as Anna and I were getting ready for this conversation today, um, we just started talking about, you know, what, is it, what does it mean to lead in an uncommon way, especially young, you know, especially in your 20s or uh, your early 30s? And, and what does that mean? And Anna, I thought you said something so brilliant that we're going to get started with today. And that's that it seems to us that what is common among young leaders today is to have a what's next spirit. You know, always have an eye on the horizon for the next opportunity, the next big moment. That's so common anymore. And yet I think there's actually a trait that's uncommon that we should be leaning into. What What would you say to anyone listening today about that what's next spirit, how it can actually hamper our leadership? I mean, I definitely, I was no different either. I think in my 20s, especially when you don't have a whole lot behind you yet, is just trying to look ahead and like, what does God have for me? What is it that I'm supposed to be doing with my life? And I think a lot of times too, when you're a couple, you know, a couple layers down in leadership, there's that, I think a pretty human instinct to, um, move up the ranks, right? Right. Uh, I think that's pretty, pretty common to all, to all of us, no, no matter where you're at, what, no matter what generation you're part of. Um, but I think if there's, there's one thing that some of the young leaders that I've, that I've been interacting with do really well, I think is just really being present exactly where they are right now. So good. And not just, not just present, like I'm getting my job done or I'm fulfilling a leadership function, but present, fully present, I think spiritually where there's that sense of, I love where I'm at. You know, it's not, God may have more things for me down the road and it's not that he doesn't put dreams in your heart and all that kind of good stuff, but, um, where you're fully immersed, you're fully taking advantage of exactly what God has put in your hand right now and seeing what he's doing in your church, in your neighborhood, in your community, and getting fully engaged, fully planted exactly where you are. And, uh, you know, I see such flourishing that comes out of that. Um, and in, in my own life too, as I've you made those kind of made those, those, <laughs> those leadership journeys into, in understanding that, um, I think there's, I think there's a lot of peace right there when you, when you get into that space too. Yeah. In in other words, it's common to be transient. It's common to, be looking for what's next, but it's uncommon to stay planted. 
it, it's, it's uncommon to stay present. You yeah. Know, I guess is what we're trying to say, that, it, that it's, it's rare. And, and um, I, I think personally, I, I love that you said this and I love that we started this because I think for me, that's, that's definitely been my story, you know, in one church my whole life. And I know that that's unusual. You yeah. know, I know that not everyone's going to be in one church for, I guess, for me now, 36 years. But yet, um, I think we can do better than 12 months. <laughs> I think we could do better than 18 months. And um, just the very transient nature of young people. I, I mean, it's to me, it's kind of like if you don't stay together with anyone long enough, like, number one, how are you going to get any synergy as a team? Like, it's just like after 12 months, you're just kind of like getting to know each other for starters. And beyond that, too, I think, how, how do you give God a You can't give God a chance to, to do something significant in a year's time. But I think sometimes it, t- it means you got to take that broader perspective. And it's, it can be easy for to focus on what about me? You know, what what is who? You know, and I know there's that feeling like who's who's looking out for for my life, for my family, who's looking out for my future. I got to look out for that. I got to, I got to discern God's calling on my life. But there's something about our corporate calling too. I think even that that's important to to recognize in that, that we're not just called as individuals, but we're called as teams, you know, we're called as churches and as a, as a, as a global church even, and recognizing that our, our callings are meant to fit in together and connect and depend on each other. And right. there's such strength when we discover that. Why do you think um, young leaders end up being transient? Why do you think um, we live with this what's next thing? I mean, where's that coming from uh, in the life of a young leader, do you think? Man, I think there's a lot, a lot of pressure now to, you know, you just hop on your Instagram feed and you see all the latest and the greatest. Stephen Furtick, who's yeah. like, looks like he's 12 and doing like what the Pope's doing, basically. And <laughs> there's this like feeling, oh, my gosh, I'm not doing enough. You know, I'm not I'm not enough. I think a lot of, you know, a lot of ministers like struggle. Young leaders struggle with that feeling and just have that. OK, what's what does success look like even? What does it look like to be a successful young minister? Maybe it's like the cool preacher wearing fear of God clothing or I don't know, whatever, you know, whatever it is that, that looks like success. And we try to, we try to run after that. Um, but I mean, honestly, I just, I think probably the world doesn't need as many of the, the cool preachers. Cool preachers are great, but we need cool preachers that are also fully engaged right where they're at, you know, discipling people and building teams and seeing God move in their communities and engaged in, in what God's doing in their neighborhoods and their cities too. We need, we need that. And you've actually segued into a second trait that we had talked about that we wanted to dive into in, in this conversation today and that's the idea that it's it's so common anymore to see ministry through the lens of just preaching. Now, let's make no mistake, when we have the opportunity to preach or communicate, we should be really good at it. And it should be a skill that we excel in. So we don't want to create a dichotomy on that, that, that we actually should be great communicators. 
But that aside, I think that that single lens view of ministry makes us believe that's all there is to ministry. When when every successful preacher would tell you that so much leadership happens off the platform, that so much bandwidth of ministry is in the unseen moments out of the limelight. So we, we feel like it's common to just want to preach, but it's uncommon to want to be a really great leader, even in those unseen places. I mean, just continuing the conversation, what would you say to the person that has the preaching only uh, kind of lens going in their life right now? I just, I think it's, it's gonna just keep things small. And it, it's, I don't know of anyone who can just get away with um, making a sermon and that's, that's all that they do. Um, and I, to me, it's such a, such a delicate balance. And I, if you're in a role where you have to preach, um, not where that's part of your, that's part of your responsibilities. Then I think you have, you, you definitely have that God given you, you need to make sure you're spending enough time. Um, but I think if your leadership muscles are strong too, then, um, if your team's strong around you, then it shouldn't necessarily be overwhelming to be able to take, you know, a day or two out of your week to be pre- preparing for that kind of thing. But if that's not on your, if that's not on your plate right now, and you have a role where you're, um, where you're really leading in smaller environments, I, I think sometimes, I think sometimes we can discount even the smaller opportunities to communicate that come your way, whether it's like you're, giving an encouragement to your team or, you know, inspiring someone one-on-one. Some of those kinds of opportunities can be just as, can be even more effective for moving ministry forward, for moving the kingdom of God forward as the, uh, the large platforms that we can, that we can have. Um, and I think sometimes if we think locally first, if we'll think what's local first, then God can add, he can add the, the layers of influence that might be in your heart down the, down the track. If we'll, if we'll focus in on what God's put in our hands here. Um, but that's, I think it's a, I think it's a hard issue first. Um, but leadership, leadership definitely happens in the, it happens behind closed doors. A lot of times it doesn't necessarily happen on the big platforms. Um, that's where, that's where influence begins, right? Absolutely. And one of the main promises or one of the main pillars of leading second is this line, we will equip uncommon skill. We will equip uncommon skill. In other words, we designed and built leading second around the idea that we don't just um, need to have a great attitude and great spirit and love this thing, which is all, of course, very important, but we also need to be really good at what we do. We need to be great leaders. And so so preaching skill is just one skill, but there are other skills that yeah. come in so handy. So what what are some skills, Anna, that you have seen young leaders in your world or even or even in your life? Like what's a what's a practical skill if someone's listening to this and saying, I need to improve in this area in my leadership, um, like, well, what practically do we need to be adding to our leadership muscle and our leadership belt in addition to speaking, preaching, you know, those kind of things? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think that 
a big a big muscle that may be hard for some for some millennials or even some people who consider themselves introverts is just the skill of relationships building relationships with people uh, is a big one um, I think in our day <clears throat> social media is like one of the most amazing tools that humanity has given us. Uh, it's changed everything in the last 10 years in an amazing way. You know, it's, I can like have conversations with people I went to high school with 20 years ago. That's crazy. You know, I can know what they had for dinner last night. It keeps us connected at that level, even though I haven't physically seen them for 20 years. Um, but at the same level, it can be a little bit misleading, like that we're actually close friends when we're really not, you know, what's public versus what's direct communication. So I think sometimes, even though we may be good at sharing our lives publicly, we're not always great at the interpersonal. What does it really mean to build relationships with each other as, as young leaders, especially if you're busy, if you're bivocational, if you have, have a job and you're also doing ministry, then it can be even harder to, to find time to, to build strong foundations. And sometimes it's like, we feel like we're relating while we're at a team meeting, you know, <laughs> and that we're, we're going to throw a quick, Hey, how you doing? By the way, you haven't responded to that planning center request that I sent. How's it going? <laughs> Like the, it's the, the, the red decline or the the yellow I haven't answered button is still there on planning center. That's funny, right? Right. It can get it can get shrunk down pretty small, and um, so I I think that's a, it's a skill to be able to kind of wade through the noise and really hone in on where people are at, how they're doing, and build relationships. I think with people we're leading and building relationships with the people who are leading us. Um, that's a big one to learn how to lead up well. Yep. And, um, well, I, I think I used to bump my head, you know, back in the day, like 10 years ago, the ultimate thing in leadership and ministry was if my pastor will just announce it from the platform, you know, then everyone will show up. And now I think it's like, if I can just get a YouTube promo that I can share on social media, everyone will show up. And we have boiled leadership down to that level where you and I both know that there's so much that goes into building ministry other than your pastor making an announcement and um, getting the right social media meme out there that everybody wants to share. Sometimes it takes really, really um, intricate leadership work and calling people and you know, leading people and influencing them that, that builds it a lot more than the public moments and the oh, public sure. things. It's like you, you can't get enough mileage out of those one-on-one -on -one coffees and all those moments where it's not about the task people are performing. It's about who they are and their relationship with Jesus. And that's what the conversation is. Uh, those, I think those moments where you just, you're sharing life and I think even learning how to be vulnerable as a leader is an important skill, how to, um, how to be transparent and uh, show people your journey in a way that helps them come along on theirs. That's a big, that's a big skill too, for sure. So um, final moment here, as we do on these episodes, if you could say one final thing to any young leader listening, um, 
one last thought to leave us with, um, what would you want a young leader to understand on the journey to being uncommon as a leader? I think that it's common to feel lonely. I think it's common to feel lonely as a young leader, as a young person, just in our, in our culture, that we're extremely connected at shallow levels, but very fragmented. I think that's very common. I think it's very common to feel lonely and leadership feeling like I'm not really friends with these people, but I kind of am friends with them, but I have to step out from being friends to being a leader. I think that's a very common feeling, but I don't think the antidote to being lonely is not I need to go out and find more friends. Uh, I think the antidote to that loneliness, what's uncommon is people who decide to make long-term commitments and to be loyal and to, um, to, to be in it for the long haul. I think that's what, that's what's uncommon. Well, Anna, I thank you. I respect you. Um, thankful for the way that you lead in your own context. And I know that you're blessing a lot of places outside of your uh, house. And then you and John, of course, together, um, there's a lot of churches that are, that are better and stronger because of your investment. So thank you so much for not only joining us tonight, but thank you for what you do for the church. Um, I, I know it's meant a lot to a lot of people. I have to say, Brandon, I'm very excited for what you're doing. I think focusing the energy and the attention on building second-tier leaders is a real felt need in churches today. And leading second is is going to fill some of that fill some of that gap very nicely. I'm very excited to see what God does through leading second and you and Lindsay and your ministry. If this podcast has resonated with you, help us get the word out. Help us let more people know, maybe some of your team at your church or friends you have in ministry. Um, help us let them know about the podcast. We'd love to have them as a part of our tribe. Subscribe, rate, comment, share, and uh, head to Facebook. Connect with our Leading Second Forum on Facebook. We would love to have you. I also want to let you know that registration is now open for our summer quarter of coaching groups through Leading Second. It would be our honor to spend the summer with you on video calls. Consider this like a small group or personal training for you as a leader. Uh, over the course of the summer, head to leadingsecond.com or the Leading Second Instagram. Uh, we would love to uh, have you apply and have you be part of a coaching group for this summer. Until next time, let me just say to you, have a great weekend in church, wherever this weekend finds you. And let me remind you that this weekend is someone's first day at your church. So let's do everything possible to roll out the red carpet, to welcome them to church. Let's just believe that God's going to grow our churches this weekend. So let's run strong for the kingdom. Let's lead in an uncommon way together. Oh.